Blog Talk Radio. This is Creativity and Play. I'm Steve Dahlberg. And I'm Mary Alice Long. You can find us online at creativityandplay.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Creativity Play. And download archive editions on iTunes. We're doing a special show today leading up to the Performing the World Conference that will be held in New York City from October 4th to 7th. And our guests include Carrie Boatman, Director of Pedagogy at the Eastside Institute, which is a a co-sponsor of the conference, along with three presenters from the event who we'll introduce shortly. In addition, Carrie joins Mary Alice and others and myself for an in-person version of this radio show for an interactive session on October 5th called Creativity and Play, Performing a Creative World on Purpose. You can find out more about Performing the World with its focus on Can Performance Save the World at performingtheworld.org. Again, our first guest today on Creativity and Play is Carrie Loebman, who is also an associate professor at the Rutgers University Graduate School of Education. Carrie, welcome back to Creativity and Play. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, this is a very exciting event, and Mary Alice and I are both uh, quite happy and excited to be part of it with you and your colleagues and many others. Uh, every time I, I look online to see who else is going to be there, it becomes more exciting with people from all over the world. Uh, but tell us what what the event is about and, and the two organizations that are co-sponsoring it, which you're associated with. Sure. Um, so Performing the World has been an international festival conference. We held our first one um, in 2001, and um, they're biannual. They happen every other every other year. And um, what it is is it's a, it's a bringing together of people from all corners of the globe. There are going to be 36 countries represented among the 400 people attending um, in a week and a half now. Um, and all of them, what they share, because it's interdisciplinary, there are people from education, psychology, youth development, community organizing, healthcare. They're, they come from many, many fields, and what they share is a commitment to, a belief in, a practice that makes use of our human ability to play and perform. So the people who created Performing the World, the Eastside Institute and the All-Stars Project, have for several decades now been spearheading a movement that says that if we're going to move forward, if we're going to create new practices, new ways of being with each other, we have to put a focus not on who we are, which frankly isn't getting us very far, but who we can become, how we can go beyond what we are today to create something new. And what better way to do that than to use performance? Um, Performance is what we call the activity of being who you're not. When you get up on stage, you are both who you are, so in my case, Carrie Loebman, and who I'm not. Um, Could be anyone from, you know, Mickey Mouse to, I don't know, um, Hamlet. And in doing that, we discover new ways of being with each other, new ways of communicating, new ways of relating to children, new ways of relating to people we think of as our enemies or adversaries. Um, So all of the people at the conference have an interest in creativity, performance, play, all of the aspects of human life that are based on not just what is, but what could be, what is becoming. Um, So it brings together practitioners from around the world and um, 
we play and perform together. I'm a, I'm an academic. I go to many conferences. Um, most of them, not to put them down, have a lot of um, dryness to them. You're listening to people's words and research. You're listening about what they're doing. At Performing the World, much of what you're doing is participating in what people are creating. Um, it's a it's a truly fabulous playground. Um, so the two sponsors of the event are the All Stars Project, which is a country's largest youth development program. Um, it is in four cities, four cities around the country: um, New York, San for the Bay Area, Chicago, and Newark, New Jersey. Um, and it produces programs for young people in inner cities that, again, tap into this human ability to perform to help them grow and develop and be introduced to the much wider world. Um, one of the um, byproducts of poverty, if you will, is a closing in of one's life, a making smaller um, by virtue of poverty. And the All-Stars is committed to introducing youth and adults in poor communities to a much broader world. Um, the Eastside Institute, where I'm the director of pedagogy, is a research and training center for new approaches to human development, learning, therapy, um, healthcare. And the institute actually was the one who founded the um, Performing the World, in part because we recognized that there were other people all over the world who were doing this and that they didn't have a way to talk to each other, create together, come together. So Performing the World is also the bringing into existence of a network of support. Great. I'd like to introduce uh, Alexandra Sutherland, who's with us from South Africa. She's a senior lecturer in drama studies at Rhodes University in South Africa, and her teaching research and community engagement activities focus broadly on applied theater and the meaning of performance with and for particular communities, such as youth in the streets and now in uh, prisons in with men in um, South Africa. And she's um, going to be part of a performance called A South African Prison Theater Experience. Alex, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your uh, creativity and play, and your performance that you'll be leading and sharing with us at the Performing the World Conference? Hi, thanks very much for inviting me. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm like Terry, I'm also kind of stuck in an academic institution, which I agree can be quite stultifying. But in my other life, um, I get to perform and play in quite radically different contexts to the normal theatre environment where my work is based. You know, I'm in a theatre department at the university. Applied theatre is really an umbrella term for the use of theatre in community development and education um, for healing, and really it's an umbrella term for how theatre is used or drama processes are used for change, be that personal or social change. Um, and so that's the kind of um, thing that I teach my students, but that I also practice, particularly at the moment in um, prison contexts, um, where, um, yes, we, we learn how to perform beyond the identity of criminal and prisoner, um, which is really important in those really... Thank you. We've, uh, we've lost Alex there from South Africa for a moment. Uh, hopefully we'll get oh. her back. So, Carrie, one of the other sessions that you're doing, in addition to the one you're doing with 
Mary Alice and myself and your colleague Gwen Lowenheim um, mm-hmm. is called Playing Around with How We Write. So how do you bring performance into something such as writing? <laughs> well, like I said earlier, I, um, I, I am an academic. I sort of came to it... Um, Late, I had been a preschool teacher for 12 years, and um, you know, one of the, I, so I had fallen in love with play naturally by working with young children, and then I started this thing called a doctoral program, which you have to do a great deal amount of a great deal of writing. And um, what I pretty quickly realized was that I was unwilling to play quite as much in my writing as I had as a teacher of young children, and that that was holding me back in the ways that I referenced earlier i was i was not willing to perform as a writer ahead of myself i i wanted to get it right if you will um so over the last few i i feel like i learned something about how to overcome that largely by embracing that writing was just one more performance one does in life and that you could learn how to do it in new ways that break some of the rules we all learned at least i did in um elementary school and high school um, so I've created a series of workshops um, called Playing Around with How We Write, and I'm bringing it for the first time to the Performing the World community this year. And essentially, like I said, it's it's taking this activity we think of as very isolated and as, for, I think for many people, not everybody, it's trying to take something we think is in our head and get it into the computer. Um, and that that's sort of like a surgical process, and either it goes well or it doesn't. But with playing around with how we write, I bring the um, play activity of young children to writing. So we we write. People often, they, they start off, they write something they want to write. It could be anything from a um, their dissertation to a novel to a letter they need to write to their boss or, or a cover letter for a resume. And they work on that. And then we play with it. And we do it in a lot of different ways. I have people rewrite their letter F in the in the um, form or style of a famous writer, James Joyce, or even The Joy of Cooking. The last time I did this workshop, um, one of the participants turned the opening chapter of their dissertation into a recipe um, following the style of The Joy of Cooking. Um, I have people trade papers and continue each other's pieces of writing and then send them back to the first person. We um, turn our writing into popular songs or into poetry. And all of this, what I find is that it it breaks people from the often very humiliating experience of trying to get what they're writing to sound some idealized way that they have instead of imitating good writers, instead of um, playing with the form of the writing and, and freeing yourself up um, from the constraints of um, how we're supposed to write. I think shoulds and supposed tos work really well when we're um, trying to drive safely and are pretty, pretty negative in almost every other aspect of life, um, including writing. So that's what the workshop's going to be, and I'm excited because at Performing the World, I've got people with multiple languages and um, I'm sure a diverse range of what they're attempting to write. So I'm I'm really eager to get my hands on that and see what we produce together. And and you said earlier 36 countries represented? Yes. Yes, from so, every uh, continent except the um, Antarctica, I believe. So I believe we have one of our uh, additional guests joining us. Are you there? Speaking of other countries, as we try to... Um, uh, Alex, I'm back. Is, is it me? Huh? Hi. 
that you were you were when we lost you, you were just describing what what a site theater is and how you're using it. Okay. And um, if you could say a little more about the the specific sure. piece you'll be doing related to prison um, at at uh, performing the world. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really kind of reflecting on my um, incredible experience of working with a group of men in a prison context who just committed to play and openness um, and performance um, in, a, in a wonderful way, in a way that I've never encountered with my work with students or in other contexts that I've worked with. You know, and then when I started to ask them why they love doing um, drama or why they love performing, you know, again and again, the kind of things that come up with where they were loved, they loved transforming into different characters. They loved being able to work as a group constructively. It taught, it teaches them how to manage their anger and be constructive to allow more positive engagement with each other. And so all of these things are the kind of themes that I think performing the world also talked about. And so my session is about, um, you know, looking at some of the exercises that I do that I found really transformative in terms of the way people were relating to each other, but also reflecting on, you know, myself as a woman, as a white woman, as a privileged woman working in a context of, uh, of men, all black men, from really working in underclass environments and how, you know, the kind of theater and play space becomes an incredibly um, generous uh, community and relationship building space um, that, have, that has been really fulfilling for, for both parties and that's really what I'm going to be talking about. Well, I'm, I'm personally very excited about um, being part of Performing the World for the first time with Steve and Carrie and Gwen Lowenheim as, as my performative partners uh, with our performance around the themes and uh, guests that we've had on creativity and play. And uh, now that I'm hearing from Alex and also from Carrie about their individual performances, our group performances with others, I'm just, um, it's just bringing me to um, new heights of, <laughs> of feeling like, gee, I can't wait to get there. Um, especially as a, as a writer and also as a, a woman who loves interdisciplinary, um, juicy events where we all get to play together and create. Um, and bringing out themes from um, diverse populations and places that we wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily venture on our own. Um, so, a Alex, um, I just I know that you're you're calling from South Africa, so uh, we really appreciate that. What um, what led you uh, specifically to the the work that you did with the kids in the in the um, streets in South Africa? Um, I noticed on your yeah. bio. Yes, I mean, uh, um, the university town where I work is also um, the town where the, uh, South Africa's National Arts Festival happens, and um, unusually, um, the town's apartheid divisions are very visible. In most other places in South Africa, the divide between rich and poor was very carefully managed by the architects of apartheid, whereas in Grahamstown, it wasn't so carefully managed because there weren't so many forced removals of people, and so. The kind of privileged side of town looks on the very disadvantaged side of town, and unfortunately that continues to the day. And when the art festival comes around, there are droves and droves of young people, often from abject poverty and often street involved, who kind of try and utilize performance to 
attacked people and to earn money. And often those performances are the performances of victimhood that um, ask um, theatre goers to, 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 to feel a kind of patronizing pity. But I, I also recognize the immense energy and um, creativity that were in the way that they were dealing with the, the festival. And so the project really was um, taking um, young people who were um, at a shelter for three children and really just making stories that they wanted to make and then, um, then to find a platform at the National Arts Festival um, to allow the main privileged audiences to see these young people in a very new way. And so we, we made very polished, um, theatrically interesting pieces that um, people started to take notice of. Um, and so it was an incredibly um, rich experience and resulted actually in us being invited to a festival in the UK. And some of these, these teenagers had never, ever left Grahamstown. You know, um, Kelly talks about poverty, you know, closing in on people. And really their experiences of performance and theatre opened up their world and how they could be seen by other people beyond just a victim. Um, so that they had the power to voice and tell their stories in a new way. And so um, the Artificial Street Project is in a bit of hiatus at the moment because the young people I worked with are now sort of 21, 22 and uh, either left or are trying new things, but have recently come back to me and said, we want to start it again. We want to really make theatre again in this way. And so, you know, with these things, they die and they come up. Um, but I think it was, a, a, you know, that kind of work is incredibly um, rich and important, particularly and allowing theatre and a kind of the, the aesthetics of theatre to create new ways of seeing and relating between people who often come from very, very different cultural as well as class contexts, um, so that people in privilege get to see in a new way and get to understand in a new way, particularly when young people from highly, highly marginalised and disadvantaged communities perform and perform stories that they want to tell. Um, so that was the work that we did. and. Um, it was always incredibly successful and, you know, like a lot of us, the process is often a lot more developmental than the final product. The final product is a kind of cheery, but it's the working through of how we find a language, what characters do we choose, um, you know, how, how do we negotiate how the group works together, um, how do we solve conflict, how do we uh, perform through those moments that, that really is the most, probably the most developmental and growthful of those kind of processes and, and certainly the work that I do. Um, and then the audience at the end is, the, is, is, is the, the affirmation and the acknowledgement of seeing in a different way for me in that kind of work. Um, so that is the kind of yeah, work that I did. And I actually presented at Performing the World when I went, I think, four years ago now. So I'm very excited about being back again. Alex. Thank you so much for joining us on Creativity in Play today. And we want to uh, let people know again that uh, you will be leading a session about some of the work you've just been describing on uh, releasing performances, a South African prison theater experience at Performing the World, October 4th through 7th in New York City. And Alexandra Sutherland is, again, a senior lecturer in drama studies at Rhodes University in South Africa. So thanks very much for being with us today. Thank you, Alex. A pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Carrie, we're hoping to have a couple more um, yes. of the presenters and performers join us, and they still might in our remaining time, but perhaps you can uh, tell us a little bit about 
them and, and, and others if uh, just to give us a flavor of the kinds of things, because as you already alluded to, it's a very diverse gathering of people in terms of how they're using performance and play and creativity in community settings and education and with all different ages of people. Um, can, you, can you just give us a little sure. highlight of the different sure. kinds of people and, and sessions that will be happening at Performing the World? Sure. Well, well, let, well, let me tell you a little bit about the two people we were hoping to have on, Hector Aristobal is um lives in Los Angeles. He is a he's born in Colombia and um lived through um a, a period in Colombia where he was imprisoned and tortured by the um government and made it out and came to Los Angeles and has now started a theater program, runs a, a theater program in Los Angeles which takes on issues of violence and torture and brings people together to create shows that um are are aimed at healing and um the creating of um new ways of life out of very 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 dangerous and un, and awful situations and um what I really like Hector's work actually and many there are several other groups that come to performing the world regularly that do that kind of work that um use performance and play not to cover over um where we've come to as a species and the and the dreadful things we do to each other but to put a focus on what can be created um last time there was a presenter from Belgium who was um had done her work in i believe um Rwanda, working with both people who had been victims of torture and torturers. So um, for those of you who don't know, the the history of the last several decades in Rwanda has been a um, series of genocidal um, events that have happened over the past two decades. And um, you know, ones that seem impossible for people to recover from. And the work that um, she did was to bring together people who kind of, you know, have absolutely no reason to want to speak to each other and create something using performance and play together. Um, very, very powerful work. And um, like I said, there are a number of groups that do that kind of work. Um, Miguel um, Cortez is um, a very, very close friend of the All-Stars and Eastside Institute. Actually, both Miguel and um, Alexandra, who you were just hearing from, um, are graduates of our training programs. Both of them, um, Miguel, we um, did our one-year intensive international class where we bring people from all over the world, come three times to New York City and train in our performatory approach to development. And both of them also did an online class called our 20-week certificate program. Anyway, Miguel um, lives in Juarez, which is um, has the highest murder rate outside of a war zone anywhere in the world. It's been the center of a drug war for um, almost four or five years now. And um, Miguel works at um, both works at CASA, which is the city's leading youth program and community-based organization, and has founded the Fred Newman Center for Social Therapy. Um, after training with us, he um, he and several of his colleagues got together and created an independent therapeutic and development center in Juarez and named it after the founder, co-founder of the Eastside Institute and of the All-Stars Project, the late Dr. Fred Newman. And um, Miguel is bringing with him, um, I don't know how many this year, he usually brings between five and ten young people and adults from Juarez who have been working together to create um, 
a performance and developmental response to the violence in their city um, in multiple ways, both doing street performances and creating festivals, but also just kind of doing the community building work that it takes to develop a more developmental response to violence than just, I mean, obviously you need the kind of um, response that the police and the army may be able to do, but I think without actual community development, we don't have a shot at actually creating something different. Um, so Miguel and um, several of his young people who have been now coming to Performing the World for about, this point might be their third or fourth time, um, will be coming. And so one of the things I think that Miguel represents, and also Alexandra um, Hector, this is his first year coming, is that Performing the World has really become a movement, meaning it, it's it's sponsored by the All-Stars Project and the Institute, and yet it's in some ways the people who have been coming to it are now taking it on as their own and as their community, as their, you know, we often think of community as being a physical location, but there is the community that's created by shared purpose and by the actual building of something together. And performing the world, I think, is, is has now gone beyond being a conference to being a community. Um, and I think the three of them represent a real range of where people are at in that process um, with us and you know we are we are thrilled we would we would give everything away if we could um i think about probably of the 400 people coming to the conference i think almost 100 are being um scholarshiped um and and then a subgrouping of that have also been received have also received um assistance to come um for their airfare and then a, a really sort of human interest aspect of performing the world and a wonderful part of the community building is that um, everybody who attends performing the world can apply for and receives free housing in New York. So we spend a great deal of time, and we have a talented organizer um, who spends a great deal of time inviting New Yorkers to open up their doors to people from all over the world and give them a couch to sleep on, a, a bed, an air mattress, um, People, people house two, three people, young people. Um, so it brings the cost of performing the world down. But more than that, I think it creates an actual human connection between um, New Yorkers and people all over the world. Thank you, Mary. Mary. I, I, I just wanted to say that I think the, the words that I would use as overarching is transformation through play mm -hmm. and creativity. Mm -hmm. And and I know that um, we only have a few minutes left. I wonder, Steve, if you'd um, close by talking a little bit about what we'll be doing together with um, Carrie and Gwen and our performance around the themes and guests of creativity and play and what we've created together and uh, host and and then close the show. Uh, well, I guess I have to say great minds think alike. I was just going to ask you to do the same. Oh, very good. Very good. As we celebrate um, two years, uh, Mary Alice and I co-hosting uh, Creativity and Play Together this month. Um, it, we've uh, interviewed a lot of great people who really represent a great diversity of what creativity and play are all about, and, and certainly by extension, performance as it relates to performing the world. And so we we came together, and along with Carrie and, and Gwen Lohenheim, to um, Put a session together that will really bring some of the ideas and voices from the shows that we've done over the last few years um, together in a live space, in a live performance and presentation, if you will. And um, 
we will bring um, audio of some of those voices to really introduce some of the themes that we've explored and then to be able to respond to those ideas and concepts and themes um, in an improvisational sort of way in, in the session together and then by extension to involve the audience who is in the room with us um, into that both performance and, and conversation about these topics. And we also hope to involve you listeners and you public um, through social media in what's happening in the room and, and after that session is complete in an ongoing conversation. So we'll share information online on Facebook and Twitter about how that will work and what that will look like and hope that uh, some of you listening will join us um, in that conversation online. So we look forward to that and we want to thank our guest, uh, Terry Lobman, Director of Pedagogy at Eastside Institute, which is co-sponsoring Performing the World and also uh, Associate Professor at the Rutgers University Graduate School of Education and again, Alexandra Sutherland from South Africa who joined us today and will be at Performing the World. And again, you can find more information about Performing the World at performingtheworld.org. So thank you all for joining us on Creativity and Play. And our theme music is Kindergarten, composed and performed by Jonathan Batiste. You can listen to this show and previous shows again and find more information about our guests and coming shows at creativityandplay.com. And you can find Creativity and Play on Twitter, Facebook, and iTunes as well. Creativity and Play is a production of the International Center for Creativity and Imagination in partnership with the National Creativity Network. I'm Steve Gelbert. And I'm Mary Alice Long. We're all looking forward to performing the world, being part of it, and the community. And we look forward to future guests on Creativity and Play that we'll be bringing you. Thank you so much, everybody.